there was a potential that we were going to lose Jace. And I, I could not imagine that happening. It was really hard. So even thinking, I would get, I'm getting emotional. I would get emotional telling people that I was like, hey, pray for us because we don't know what's going to happen. You're listening to The Fam Podcast. We can just start with your family. Like, tell me just about your family makeup right now and just go for that. Yeah, all right. Yeah, let's do it. So, yeah, I've got a, um, I think, a pretty awesome family. So, Krina and I have been married for 20 years. And uh, we met when we were young, way back in Chicago, a long time ago. Uh, We were going to the same church. Um, So, yeah, 20 years of marriage. And we have four kids. We have two boys and two girls. So, you know, it's it's perfect. I think it's pretty awesome. Uh, we have three biological and one adopted. And uh, so Caden is 14. And uh, Cora is 11. Skylin is turning six in a couple of weeks. And Jace, he's our adopted little awesome dude. And he is two years old. That's cool. Um, so tell me just a little bit of the why that you decided. I know that it's somewhat of a a loaded question because the why, I feel like it tackles a couple things. Like there's a spiritual why and then there's like, well, this is something that, that is in my heart that I want to do. Um, and, and there's so many different reasons. Like, okay, well, some couples, well, I couldn't have kids or, you know, I've had kids, but I want always wanted to adopt. And um, talk about the why uh, for you and maybe Karina of, of yeah. on a, whatever level you want. And I do think that why is, is a personal thing and the why could change. But uh, for us, I mean, we talked about adoption when we were married. It was just a discussion. No, nothing serious. And then we kind of put the topic away because we moved around quite a bit. And then we had kids. So we kind of wanted to have biological kids see how that goes and uh, we ended up having three kids and it you know it it was always in the back of my mind but nothing serious until a couple years ago maybe three years ago I listened to a podcast and the person being interviewed has been adopted and was going through an adoption process I don't even remember which podcast I listened to a lot of podcasts but what was convicting to me is just how emotional and how meaningful that process was and so that kind of started to stir it up for me. Um, and then, you know, we, Kira and I talked about it. Um, and somehow we, we had a verse come up that kind of convicted us more. And it was the James one twenty seven. It's basically true religion is taking care of orphans and widows. And that was very convicting. Um, that verse somehow came into our lives. And it was like, man, we're Christians and what is a Christian all about if it says true religion is taking care of orphans and widows? And we started getting convicted about that and thinking more seriously about, hey, I think that we should adopt. This is something that is important. And then the, the more research we did, we started meeting with different families, different friends, and um, looked at all the statistics and realized, man, Sacramento County itself has 3,000 kids that are in a foster system. Um, and, you know, we just felt convicted that it was the right thing to do. 
not even like, hey, we, we love adoption. It was just like, it's the right thing to do. God has blessed us in so many ways and to be good stewards of what he's entrusted us with. Adoption just kind of became a conviction and then something we were really hungry for. Like, man, I can't wait till we till we have a baby that we can adopt. Um, so, you know, you think, oh, 3,000 kids. How can I adopt all of them? You know, I want to do more. Um, and I was thinking about this today. I'm like, man, there are, there's so much need out there. How can I do more? And then this quote from Andy Stanley came to me, and it was, do for one what you would have, what you would want to do for others or for many. And I was like, man, just one is a start, and it's a good thing. I don't necessarily have to adopt all 3,000, but I can adopt one. So I think that there is comfort in that and a little bit of relief. And let's do what we can. And we can adopt one, maybe two, you know. Yeah, speaking of two, are you thinking more? (laughs) Right now, no. We Man, it's taking a lot of energy, you know, from the oldest to the youngest and all that we're doing, whether it's, you know, school and and, uh, work and church. Yeah. So we think we're okay, um, but who knows? I'm not totally opposed to it. And maybe, you know, what would be kind of cool is to foster very young babies. Know that we get pretty attached to them and, uh, you know, that's a real thing. Um, It would have been pretty crazy if we didn't have Jason foster to him. But I I just think that to have a baby when a baby, you know, is a newborn is, is kind of a cool special thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Tell me, because there was a time um, during your journey with Jace that I think it was like the biological sister came into the picture. I just remember there was a certain time when there there were some things up in the air. And I still remember um, Karina was talking to my wife and she's like, I just don't know. I don't know if I can do this because we're talking about getting too attached to something or someone. And Chris was telling me and I was like, that's that's too much, you know, because at the same time we had um, our little one and we were thinking, yeah. I, I don't know how he's going to do this. I don't know how he's going to do this. So t- Man, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I would say the process, even though it was long, it wasn't hard. But what was really hard is that there was a potential that we were going to lose Jace. And I, I could not imagine that happening. It was really hard. So even thinking, I would get, I'm getting emotional. I would get emotional telling people that I was like, hey, pray for us because we don't know what's going to happen. So basically his mom's sister came into the picture so through adoption right now the priority is hey can we reunite the child with the family somehow so every family member was sought out nothing worked out Um, but throughout about six months after we brought him home his aunt who lived in oregon and she was in the military married so very stable said i'm interested in adopting him Uh, and uh, she she was moving forward pretty well through the process and, you know, through the agency were like, man, this is just, I think this is going to happen. It was breaking our hearts so, so hard. Um, and the agency saw our social worker said, hey, you know, is it okay for them to come and visit with you guys and get to know you? You know, it probably is not going to hurt. So they came and visited, came down from Oregon. We find out that she was pretty far along pregnant. So she was due... I think she came sometime in June and she was doing August, so pretty close. She comes in and meets Jace and just like it was so emotional, starts crying. And what we hear 
is when she was young, she was in the foster system. And the first time she was placed with a family, she said, this is going to be amazing. It's going to be my dream come true. And it was a really tough situation. and It was a nightmare. So she was terrified of what could be happening with, with Jace, with our little guy. So she, after she met us, and after she saw that how much we love him and that we wanted him there and we clarified that we wanted to adopt, not just to foster, she felt at ease. And she said, you know, I've got my hands full with this baby that's coming up. He's in a great, loving family. You guys want to adopt him. You want him in your family forever. And she took a huge sigh of relief or deep breath and just kind of walked away, which in a way is kind of sad. But for us, that was like the best best news ever. But it was... It was a very scary part of the process. Yeah. Yeah, that... Dude, yeah. Hearing you talking about it, I'm just like, man, I... And that's that's the fear, really, that yeah. people have. Probably the number one fear. It's like, I... And that's probably the number one excuse that people say. It's like, well, I would love to, but, you know, I, nothing's a guarantee. You know, the, the, uh, this child may stay in my home, and then someone may take him, or, or we have to reunite. Yeah. Um, and it's almost like that was happening, you know? And it's like, that that's where it's fear. So how do you... How would you encourage someone if, um, you know, they came to you? Because, I mean, you have that story where it almost happened. I mean, it was, yeah, you know, it, it could have happened, but yet you're still, you know, walking along that path knowing that that's a possibility. So how would you encourage someone if if that is their thing, that is their perceived, yeah. you know, emotional roadblock? And, you know, I've thought about that a lot. Even, even now, thinking back, would we have done it if he was taken away? And, man... I, I would say that we would have robbed ourselves of the experience of loving this kid who was just awesome and he needed a family at the time. So as much as it would hurt, I would totally do it even knowing that he would be, you know, leaving to go with a family member. Because at the end of the day, being with family is a really good thing. So we would have lost him to a really good thing. So that's, you know, that's not, not bad as much as it would hurt. So I guess my encouragement would be trust the process. Um, and if you have a child for a little while, you get to love him or her with everything that you've got. And at least they get a head start or at least they get love and at least they get held and at least they get good food and, and, you know, their diaper change, whatever they need for time being. That's a really cool thing. And you've invested in it's not for nothing. It is worth something. And and maybe that wasn't meant to be, but the next one might be the one that's meant to be. So I just get I think the process is worth it. And I think the right child will come along that was meant for your family. Yeah. That's a good point. And just being honest with it. Like yeah. you're saying, like, hey, you're right, that is that is a it, that is a real fear. And yeah. it really could happen and it really will hurt. But what's the alternative? I mean, are you really doing this for you or are you doing this so you can affect a real change you yeah. know, in this child's life? Um, and, and, and like you said, at the end of the day, you're either in or you're out. You're either right. with, with God in his mission or you're not. And I'm not saying you're, if you don't adopt or foster, you're not in God's mission. I think it's a large part of God, God's heart. And I think yeah. that you miss out on some, some real change in your own heart if you decide to step away from that or you, you, know, you say, I, I, can't, I can't do that. You know, yeah, so it's good. Yeah. So I think that's a good, I think that's a good way to, to phrase that and, and to get over, um, a perceived, uh, emotional roadblock. Was there a time in your journey where you thought, man, I'm not sure 
Karina and I made this, made the right decision? Was there a time when you were, hmm. you know, maybe doubting the fact that you guys stepped forward? So, man, I think once we jump in, we get pretty committed. Uh, we are go-get-it-done kind of people, and we don't give up. So I would say not really that we second-guessed or we thought maybe we shouldn't have done that. We've never looked back. I would say the the scariest part when, when we were potentially going to lose him, that was just like, whew, man, this could be so hard. But the, even then, we didn't doubt were we doing it for the right thing or not, or should we be in the process or not. So I, I think we're the kind of people that, hey, once we make a decision, we're going to go make it happen, and we'll do whatever it takes. So, yeah. yeah. All in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when your kids grow up, what do you want them to say about you? Um, Jace, whoever doesn't, just yeah. any of your kids. Man, yeah, I'm thinking through any of my kids, all four of them. Uh, walking through, you know, there's so many ways to, to slice it, but at the end of the day, I would say I want them to say that I loved them genuinely with all that I had. So that's, that's really important to me. Um, the other side of it is, for them to say that I was present and I was available to them. I don't want to be a dad that's not at their games or their recitals or whatever's happening or, you know, they scrape their knee and be there for them. I think being present, being available, I want them to say that I was there for them um, and that I listened to them. Uh, something that's important to me is continuous growth. And so I would hope they would say my dad pushed me to grow and to give every, give it all that I have. So... Uh, that's important. I, I coach quite a few people. So seeing my kids grow and for them to realize that it was intentional, the way that we had our family, uh, they would say, hey, dad pushed me to grow. And I guess the last one would be that, hey, we had a ton of fun in our family. We had a lot of laughter. We danced a lot. We joked a lot. We had adventures. And for them to remember their childhood to be a really fun, fun time. Not necessarily easy but fun and adventurous. Hmm. Yes, I like that. And what's interesting is that it doesn't really involve money. You know, Not at all. Right? We 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 tend to think that as as father. Well, maybe I'm speaking for myself, but as a father, kind of our our primary concern is let's provide for the family. So yeah. as long as I'm not working and I'm providing and I'm handing all these things, I don't really have to be present. And we mm. lose we lose that because that's not really. Like our kids love gifts. Don't get me wrong; they're asking all the time. But yeah. but your presence is is the lasting legacy. Legacy, which is which is what you're saying. Yeah. You know that. That's yeah. I mean, I come home right now, and this routine is: I come home, and Jay says, "Daddy's car." So that's his first word. And we go outside. We hang out in my car for a few minutes. Then we go in the garage. We run around, play with the scooter. Then he talks about the train. He loves trains right now. So we take a walk and we try to see if he can scope out a train and then he's afraid of them. But it's this routine that is 100% present. It's like, dad is home. Let's go have some fun. And I love it. I mean, I can hang out with him and any of the kids. Man, it's just a really awesome thing. And it it isn't about money, you know. It's just about presence and having fun and listening and just enjoying it. So, yeah, you're right. That's a great point. That's awesome. You know, it's what's funny is I started this new thing. It was a couple of years ago, but you know when you when you get home from work, you have all your gear, right? You have, whether it's your lunchbox or bags or books or yeah. whatever. Um, I've made it a point to just leave everything in the car. 
So everything, I, you have this tendency, like, I'm, I'm a type A, so I got to grab all my gear, bring yeah. it in, put it away, do this, do that, get changed, and then, okay, now I'm ready for you guys. Well, by that time, they're kind of like, you've been home for a half hour, so I don't know, excitement's kind of over or it's whatever. It's wearing out, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I like that, that you, and that's the same. You know, I have um, our little one, he runs out when he hears the car, he comes in, I drive him in, yeah. we sit, we touch the lights, play, we jump around, and then I leave all the gear in the car, and we just so I'm free, you know, and then walk in and you're fully present. I mean, cause yeah. you know, they're, they're going to bed fairly early and you, you have time to come back to your stuff. That oh yeah. The kids don't care about, but For that's sure. a great point. Presence and, um, just giving your, almost your first fruits, your, your best in which is your time and, yeah. and, and your presence. Mm-hmm. It's cool. All right. So your turn, favorite quote, any, any, any ending thoughts, hmm. meditations, um, I actually have probably two thoughts close. Maybe they're close, but we went through a process where it was a little seminar at church that was around foster and adoption. And the statement the lady made kind of hit home with me. So related to adoption, it was, if you have thought, if you have thought about fostering and adoption, why aren't you already doing it? So if you thought about it, do it. You know, everybody I think can do it. And just make the step to make it happen. It's scary, but man, there's a lot of scary things out there. So I think if God put it on your heart and you've thought about it, then God is doing work in your life and he's nudging you. Just do it. All right? Don't don't doubt it. Just make it happen. So I think that's like something that was motivating us. And I tell that to as many people as I can. Um, and then second, I'm reading through a Dallas Willard biography. And he made a statement in there where right now there's a huge thing where people say, hey, if this was your last day of your life, what would you do? And he says, if you were guaranteed to live another day tomorrow, what would you do? So you're not going to die today. You're going to live another day tomorrow. What's that day going to look like? And how are you going to live it? I think, you know, there's this culture where it's like go after things today, make the last thing happen today. But man, God might give you another day, so how do you plan for that? So I think it, it puts a different spin on how do we live our life, not just for today, but more of a legacy, more of a contribution towards others. That To me, that was something that was significant. So I, I, I would leave you with that one. 